Yo, what's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Box Score Sports presented by On the Dune Sports, episode three. I'm your host, Brad Betke, with co host here, Alex Phillips. This week, all we're going to be talking is NFL week one recap, week two preview, Antonio Brown drama, some injuries, ejections, and Gardner Minshew's debut. Then we're going to jump right into the college football week two recap, week three preview. Jalen Hurts, Michigan, Michigan State, Trevor Lawrence, Big Ten, and an updated Heisman race. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to episode three of the Box Score Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Phillips, joined by my co-host, Bradley Becky. Today, we're going to jump right into the NFL. So, uh, we got some week one preview, Brad. What do you got for the Green Bay-Chicago game? The Green Bay-Chicago game. Let's see here. It was um, a boring one. Yeah. In my notes here, I have that it, uh, word for word, was probably one of the single most boring live games I've watched probably ever. You know, fun fact, uh, the first NFL game ever, 100 years ago, actually outscored this game with uh, 17 points as compared to these 13 points they put up in this one. And speaking of 17, I found a wonderful statistic that there were a total of 17 punts in that, this game. That, that wasn't even planned. <laughs> I mean, no, it, no, was, a, it was a rough game. Uh, I oh, actually yeah. have their uh, the uh, Chicago Bears drives here. Um, and I, here, I can read it. Uh, punt. Punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 punt. Now I'm just exaggerating, but that really is almost <laughs> exactly what it looked like. Uh, I don't think they even got more than 20 yards until their third possession. So um, Chicago looked rough offensively, which kind of segues into Trubisky. Uh, finally, people are realizing he sucks. Um, in my opinion, he sucked since they drafted him. And I hope uh, Chicago really realizes that they fucked up and didn't get Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson and instead traded away a pick to move up to get Mitchell Trubisky out of UNC. I just, he sucked. It, here's a stat line for you. 26 of 45 with a 57.8% completion percentage. Not terrible. Zero touchdowns, one interception, 228 yards. That's a 62.1 QBR. He looked rough. Yeah. I mean, both teams looked pretty rough out there, you yeah, know. Offensively, yeah, but Chicago's defense was kind of interstellar there. I yeah, mean, they, I mean outstanding performance by them but uh, to add insult to injury their one interception they had was actually their former teammate Adrian Amos um, ah yep I do and remember then that you look at the other two free agent acquisitions from Green Bay uh, Zadarius Smith six pressure QB pressures one sack Preston Smith three pressures and one and a half sacks I mean honestly looking at the game I think Green Bay actually seems more dangerous than it might have seemed like their offense was slow but Chicago's defense is great uh, but Green Bay's defense is clearly improved but then again it gets to the point where like is Chicago's defense just that bad or is Green Bay's, Green Bay's defense really that good well and another thing speaking of uh, ex-players uh, haha Clinton Dix actually forced a aggressive fumble on Aaron <laughs> yeah, Rodgers yeah, which did. was actually somewhat entertaining to watch um, it was probably one of the three most exciting moments in that game there was three 
<laughs> I'd say one of them was a very nice punt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no, actually, but, you know what? Pat McAfee did enter. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but there was like a 72 or 62 yard punt that he like broke down. Uh, it was Green Bay's kicker or punter. He actually did have a nice punt. So you might not be wrong there. Yeah. Um, no, but it was it was just cool to see the, you know, inner team and X team action. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely interesting. I think uh, Green Bay is definitely a team to look out for, but uh, there's not much to say other than that. Right. So uh, you want to jump in? What game did you have next on your little bed? Yeah, I was going to say there? before I fall asleep, let's switch yeah. games here. Um, I want to jump into the Philadelphia Washington game earlier today. Okay. Um, a few players that stuck out. I think it would be pretty clear to point them out. One from each team. You got. Case Keenum had a pretty good start in Washington. He, did. he didn't um, have a bad game at all. He went 30 for 44, 380 yards with three touchdowns and finished with a 117.6 QBR. So what does that mean for your Dwayne Haskins? Well, you just got to pray for an injury at this yeah. point. <laughs> oh, damn, you want him to get hurt? I didn't uh, say it. I mean, you didn't hear it. Who was, who was your guy from Philly? Philly, uh, definitely Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, he killed um, it. Having a great comeback game. You know, coming back to Philadelphia for the first time in what three years, I believe, yeah, three or four three, years, three or four, or something like um, that. Finishing with eight receptions, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. That's I mean, a, I mean, and that first one he got was like a 57-yard bomb out of Carson Wentz. I mean, and the most notable guy out of that for me was just seeing Carson Wentz back on the field, 28 to 39, 313 yards, three touchdowns, and 121 QBR. I mean. If he can perform what he, we've all known, he can perform like that. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. I told you Philly's going to be a dangerous team. They didn't look good at the beginning, but they didn't even use Miles Sanders. I think he got seven yards through that entire game. So Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing that definitely scared me with Wentz early on in the game is he did not have a really stick out first half. I mean, it was pretty dead. For what I know, I was actually talking to one of my friends during the game, and he said that after the first half, he only had five fantasy points going into halftime. Yeah, that's, I mean, but it might have been a slow start, but, you know, he had to knock the rust off a little bit, and I think he proved to everybody that he's still a very, very good quarterback, and, you know, he's, in a lot of people's eyes, uh, MVP favorite, so... Um, speaking of MVPs, uh, let's let's hop into that Tennessee Cleveland game because I thought Baker was going to have an MVP uh, game, but uh, or MVP season, but uh, clearly the first game said otherwise. Um, yeah, I mean to break it down, Baker took a shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, Cleveland took a shit, but Baker, as a whole, but Baker definitely needed. He had he, some he, shit to improve. He, I mean, he was he the low light of the game. One touchdown sure. and three times as many interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, he had a 64.1 QBR. That's not a good look. I was really excited for Cleveland. But um, on the other side, was it uh, – um, oh, man, who was it? The running back. Derrick Henry. Yeah, he had a great game, though. He definitely did. I mean, I, I remember I tuned into the game here and there and saw a really big uh, – I think it was a 75-yard reception touchdown yeah. um, he had. That was, And he was just gunning it down the sideline. So – it's good to see him, you know, moving and healthy because I know his health has been pretty on and off. Um, and then another player that actually had a really good game on the offense for Tennessee was Delaney Walker. He had, yeah, the two he had a great team, touchdowns. two touchdowns. Yeah, had, mm-hmm. I mean, and we just said he was old two weeks ago. I guess he heard it. Yeah, <laughs> he must have. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Delaney. Yeah, but if you ask me, the thing that stuck out to me the most on uh, in that game was Tennessee's defense. I mean, they had two interceptions, a pick six, five sacks, and held Cleveland, one of the on paper most dangerous offenses in the NFL, to only thirteen points. Yeah, they they put a lot of pressure on Baker, and I think. That was you said it the other day. Tennessee's got a strong defense, and I, I was kind of on the other side of that. But I totally forgot Cameron Wake was on that team. So he is, yes, I, I forgot entirely. But I mean, Tennessee definitely killed it defensively. Um, 
I mean, it was a good game. Speaking of uh, defense, one team that was uh, not so much defense. I mean, I guess that you could say that they're defensively oriented. But uh, how about Baltimore? They kind of surprised everybody, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson, man. <laughs> this guy just took a step up and silenced the, the haters. Step up? Man, he ran the whole staircase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all this offseason claims, you know, saying that he's a running back and nothing more. Well, he comes into this game, goes 17 for 20, three. 324 yards and five touchdowns with a perfect QB rating of 158.3. Broke a Baltimore record there. And not to mention, I mean, it, not even that. You have behind Lamar Jackson, you have RG3. When have you heard that name? Throw 100% completion, 55 yards and a touchdown. And I, I mean, you have two quarterbacks there. I, I'm jealous of their backup quarterback situation, honestly, because RG3, I mean, he's not like crazy Stellar, good, yeah. but to have him behind that guy knowing he's capable, clearly he's capable. Again, Miami's a shit team, but the, it's hard to put up 59 in the uh, uh, NFL. And Baltimore, I mean, this isn't the first time you've seen a blowout from Baltimore in the last five years. It seems like they do it every other year. Yeah, I mean, and on top of that, um, a name that a lot of people thought was going to start blowing away with the win, Melvin Ingram. Um, he also turned a few heads with this game. He had 14 carries for 107 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, He's definitely know, a guy you wanted in your starting lineup. For oh, fantasy. yeah. I mean, I know with him being traded out of New Orleans, I mean, there was a lot of people thinking, you know, maybe his career is starting to come to an end because he's been in the league for quite some time. But I think he proved. Well, yeah. And there's one thing I didn't think about before um, when we talked about him. I don't think we talked about him specifically. But one thing I didn't think about in regards to Baltimore is Melvin Ingram was technically a backup to Kamara last year. So this year he's leading Baltimore's rushing attack. And I mean, clearly he stepped up and could do it, but that wasn't the only offensive weapon I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about Marquise Brown for a second. Rookie at Oklahoma. I mean, this kid, he might be the offensive rookie of the year. I didn't, I completely forgot about the guy. He comes out four receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns. First time in NFL history for a rookie to debut their career with 40 plus two 40 plus yard touchdowns. That is insane. I mean, that just the fact that we could see that out of him, I didn't expect it. And I think that shows that uh, that team could be very good moving forward. But again, let's not get too over-exaggerated here. Miami is by far the worst team in the league from this weekend so far. Yeah, I mean, based on at least this weekend for sure. But I mean, yeah, a lot of people going into this, you know, first week here, Obviously, a lot of people liked Marquise Brown. You know, he he showed that he was capable of, you know, the next, you know, his nickname, Mr. Hollywood. You know, he was known to make the big plays, but no one expected it to be this big to come to the, you know, NFL professional league and just break himself open like it's nothing and just show out. Insane. I mean, that's, and you know, it's funny. He was a free agent in our league. In our, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah nice. He's already claimed though. Uh after the first touchdown, I claimed him, just so you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was Marquise Brown killed it. Baltimore killed it overall. I think uh, they were the highlight of this weekend as far as offense goes. I mean, they scored the most points so far. I mean, we got the Green or, uh, we got the Green Bay. We got the Patriots game going on right now, and they're putting on an ass kicking. But uh, we might see the end of that by the end of the show. Um, let's jump into uh, Atlanta, Minnesota, because I was a little upset about that. I picked Atlanta, and they really shut the bed for me. Uh, they did not look good offensively, and they're – defense didn't look too hot either and Delvin Cook I mean yeah I mean I had Minnesota win in this game and it feels yeah. real good to know that they did you know they followed through with it um but yeah Delvin Cook coming back off of a torn ACL last season um 21 carries 111 yards two touchdowns yep 
5.3 yards per attempt. I mean, he he killed it. I didn't think there's been reports all the last couple of months. Oh, he's prime for a comeback year. But you hear that with so many different players. I did not expect it out of him. I mean, it's not that I didn't expect it, but I didn't expect it to be that big of an impact, especially against Atlanta's defense really isn't that much of a pushover. But I don't know, man. They just didn't look too hot. And I had them going to the NFC Championship. So, I, again, it's week one. I don't want to overreact to anything. But it, it hurt to see that, uh, especially when I picked Atlanta to win that. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, this definitely takes the NFC North to a whole nother level. I mean, I you mean, think about you, it. Minnesota's going to be a good-ass team. People are sleeping on them. Yeah, I mean, that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, their offense did well, really well today. But, I mean, their defense is something to force to be reckoned with, you know. And if you think about it, the NFC North on top, you know, with Cleveland. Or they, not they Cleveland, might, Chicago, Chicago, excuse me. Chicago, yeah. It's a pretty strong defensive uh, definitely, conference. Yeah, definitely. Division, excuse me. Yeah, as far as the division goes, it's definitely a defensively focused division. I mean, there's definitely some offensive potential. I mean, Green Bay, like we said earlier, Minnesota has some. I mean, I'm not still sold on Cousins, but, you know, we'll see. And really, we'll get into it a little bit later, but the Lions offense didn't look terrible. So we'll talk about that. Um Let's tap into a game that I I was really interested in that me and you kind of had our little debate over is Buffalo at New York. Uh, but New York started the game off leading seventeen to nothing, and then uh, they they or I'm sorry sixteen to nothing, and then they uh, let it all go. I mean, given they did lose Quinn and Williams, and then they did lose C.J. Mosley in the middle of the game, and really you noticed as soon as C.J. Mosley left the game uh, that the game changed in Buffalo's favor. Uh, Josh Allen didn't have a great day, but Definitely excited that Buffalo won that game. Am I? I mean, I know you you were high on the Jets, but I'm I'm leaning more towards the upstate New York team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it sucks to see Mosley leave the game, but he did have a pick six um, in the game, so that was awesome to see. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, on top of Josh Allen not doing much, neither did Darnold. I mean, it really wasn't a QB productive game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was probably the second most boring game of the. The weekend, honestly. I'd say so. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, it was cool to see him in New York, and you can tell that the, the chemistry is starting to build pretty quick. He did have a receiving touchdown, um, but didn't do too, too, didn't do too much on uh, when it came to rushing. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think going back to C.J. Mosley again, I think he's definitely uh, imperative to have in their defense to, for them to see success moving forward. I mean, to, for him to come out and make that big of an impact that quick is good news for them. That means they made the right signing. So, Definitely, uh, definitely teams to look out for going forward. Uh, let's hop to what, what else we got on this ballot. You want to go? We were just talking a little bit about defense. Let's talk Kansas City, Jacksonville. Kansas City, Jacksonville. Okay. Well, here's a name I bet you didn't expect to see go crazy this weekend in Sammy Watkins, the veteran. I mean, wow. Nine receptions for 198 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously that was in part to Tyreek Hill's injury, but I did not expect that out of Sammy Watkins. I mean, I don't think anybody did. Sammy Watkins put up a pretty good year last year. I don't remember exactly how well he did, but I know he had a decent year when he went to Kansas City. Uh, It re-sparked his career, you could say, but uh, it's insane from Kansas City again. I was really hoping uh, Mahomes wouldn't be able to put that many points up again, but he was still able to find a way. But, you know, Josh Allen did sack the dude and almost took him out of the game. We were together on that one. (laughs) But you do remember, I said he was just going to get the one, and he just got the one. He did just get the one, but just just so you know, keep keep my other Josh Allen in your mind. Uh, In my opinion in this game, though, 
Jacksonville just couldn't get out of their way. They had so many penalties. You had Miles Jack. I mean, me and you said it when we were watching it. There are so many fights. I don't know what was going on. I think that might be the theme for Kansas City, though. I mean, I told you, Kansas City has a little bit of karma behind them, bad karma, uh, with the Kareem Hunt thing last year and Tyreek Hill during the offseason. I think some teams might look at them like, I want to fuck them up. And they look at they look at Kansas City as a threat. Every team should. But... I mean, they, Jacksonville just, I think they hurt themselves a lot with obviously Nick Foles going out and them just constantly getting in their own way. Yeah, for sure. Um, but one, you know, one thing that a lot of people aren't looking towards is what happened after Foles, you know, got hurt with his left shoulder was Gardner Minshew, the rookie out of Washington State coming in and actually had a really good game. Hell of a game. Honestly. He went 22 for 25. 275 yards, two touchdowns and just the one interception. You know, you got to expect... You know, some mistakes right. in a debut, especially against especially the, in a game you didn't expect to exactly, play in. Exactly. And I think he came in and took command of that game. Um, he had fun with the receiver, Chark. I think he had over 100 receiving yards, and he even hit uh, Day-Day Westbrook a few times. I mean, I think the chemistry formed fast. You know, if you ask me watching the game live, it didn't take much for him to get going. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, offensively for Jacksonville, I expected him to be a lot worse, and they actually did better than I thought, even without Nick Foles. That's, I think... There is definitely hope for Jacksonville looking, moving forward, even if Foles is out, because it, it, word is coming out that he did uh, break his clavicle. So he's he might be out for the entire season. I know Aaron Rodgers came back from a clavicle a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I wouldn't say Minshew's season's over. I'm sorry. I wouldn't say Jacksonville's season's over, but the AFC South, man, they can't get away from injuries, can they? No, it doesn't look like it. But um, one thing that actually kind of excites me about Minshew, um, you know, it's a name that not many people had in their minds going into the season, obviously, with him being a backup quarterback. Back. Yeah. Um, but he was he's the first quarterback since 2000 and I want to say 2002, which was Derek Carr to throw eight over no, no, eight not consecutive 2012, 2012 yeah. RG3. Yeah, I was about to say Derek Carr's not that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2012, Robert Griffin III was the last quarterback to throw eight, cons- you know, back eight consistent, uninterrupted. Yeah. Passes and yeah, he threw 100% nine, actually. Percentage, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he threw nine, actually. Yeah, through nine. Yeah. And I mean, like it, the, like I said, going back to his completion percentage, he was killing it. I think the, the one interception and then that other missed throw he had was definitely uh, uh, almost an interception. You saw that yeah. where the defensive lineman almost picked it up. But uh, yeah, that was definitely a good showing for the, the rookie quarterback. And uh, I think they shouldn't be too, uh, too upset about it moving forward. They should be a good team still. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So the next game I want to jump into real quick, actually, is um, the Chargers and the Indianapolis game. Uh, one of two games that went into overtime this weekend. Um, this game is what I would like to call a battle of the backs. Marlon Mack and Austin Eckler had quite the, uh, what would you call that, back and forth. It seemed like every time they were on offense, these two guys were doing something. You know, Marlon Mack finished with 25 carries, 174 rushing yards, and a touchdown. And Eckler got the best of him, in my opinion, with 12 carries, 58 yards, a touchdown, and then eight receptions for 123 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And what I mean, I told you this when when we were talking about it. I told you Melvin Gordon leaving isn't going to be that big of a deal, and if it was going to be a bigger deal, they would have signed him. I think Eckler. I didn't see much of Justin Jackson, but knowing that Eckler can put up those numbers against again another team that doesn't have a pushover defense, and they they put up a fight, but it's another. I mean. 
looking at the game, he put up a hell of a three touchdowns, man. How many teams or how many players did that this weekend? Quite a few, actually. But Eckler well, put up a position. hell of a game. Right, right. Definitely. I mean, I think moving forward, I wouldn't be too worried about the Chargers. I think they're still going to be great with Austin Eckler. And that's just exciting for him. I think uh, that just proves even more that they don't need Gordon. We'll see going forward again. No overreactions this week one because right. I got to keep reminding myself, myself that because this last game we're going to talk about really has me you know oh yeah um and then one more offensive thing i want to talk about for indianapolis excuse me is jacoby Brissett. i mean he really didn't have a bad game for um you know coming in as a starter definitely was a surprise to him i'm sure yeah. but um he yeah i mean went, he ended up going oh go ahead yeah he went 21 for 27 for 190 yards two touchdowns and finished with a 120.7 qbr so yeah, I mean, like I said, he's. I've, we've mentioned it before. I think Jacoby Brissett's still going to have a pretty good year uh, with that team around him. So, he. I mean, 190 yards isn't that much to brag about, but I think I he's mean, still in a good spot. Yeah, it's still a successful day. I mean, obviously with Marlon Mack carrying most of the load um, for the game, I think he should be, you know, happy leaving that game. Obviously, they did lose the game in the overtime, but um, I mean, if I'm Jacoby Brissett, I wouldn't be too upset because. I mean, you're looking at a guy, like you mentioned before, who only finished like just over 3,000 yards in 2017. You know, wasn't something too many people were worried about. But I think, I mean, I don't think he's going to have a hard time uh, taking this Indianapolis team to the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially with Nick Foles out of it now. And I mean, Houston, we'll see. We haven't seen him play yet. So I'm curious to see that tomorrow. Um, I, I, they get a, they still get a pretty good shot there. They still get a pretty good shot for sure. Uh, what, what game you got next on there? I'm going to go to the other team in L.A. and go to the Rams versus the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all know who is the first name I'm going to talk about, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, back in business, doing his old, doing his old thing. Nineteen carries for 128 yards and a t- two touchdowns, and ten receptions for 81 yards. Yeah, I mean he had a hell of a day. That is for damn sure. He, I mean, he was killing it out there. That's, that's all I can say. I'm, spe- I mean, I'm not speechless. You, you expect it from a guy like him, but definitely killed it. Um, yeah, he killed it. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, to look at the other side of the rushing game, you know, Todd Gurley didn't do much. Um, that was sort of expected, though. But you had Malcolm Brown, who was quite the red zone threat. You know, he had only 53 rushing yards, but he did have two rushing touchdowns, which, you know, is I think that's a name that not many people expected to hear this weekend. Um, I know a lot of people were interested in the rookie uh, Daryl Henderson, I believe. Yeah, that's who I was looking for. I think uh, looking offensively, that speaks to Todd Gurley. I think uh, – I mean, he only had 14 attempts, got less than 100 yards, and got one reception. I mean, no touchdowns, didn't really have a big day. I think that might concern L.A. fans, but I wouldn't be too concerned. Again, it's week one, but Todd Gurley, I mean, what what do you think moving forward? you think Todd Gurley's going to put up the numbers or at least be 75% of what he used to be, or you think that knee's still bothering him? What do you think's going on there? Um, it's really hard with somebody like Todd Gurley because you look at a guy who's been really talented so far all of his career. Um the knee arthritis is definitely going to bite him in the back, but I don't think LA has too much to worry about as a whole. Obviously, they have a pretty deadly receiving core with Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, you know, people that should all excite LA. But 
I'm definitely curious about what's going to happen with that little backfield situation as the season goes on. You yeah, know? and I mean, Henderson wasn't really used that much in that game, too. So that's definitely, I mean, they, it's nice to know that Malcolm Brown was there. Uh, that's a guy actually the Lions targeted in the offseason but couldn't get. Um, going back to Carolina, though, I do want to bring up Cam Newton. He didn't have a great game, and we I think I kind of said that. Um, I didn't expect him to have a great year, but he ended up coming out with a 65.8% completion percentage, 239 yards, didn't throw a single touchdown, but threw one pick and lost a fumble. Um, so I, I wasn't impressed by his showing. I don't think we're going to see much better than that, to be honest with you. I mean, we'll see, but I just I don't see Cam Newton having a great year this year, and I think that week one proves it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think the offseason and part of the preseason kind of spoke on what we all expected for the season here. Um, it was really hard to have high hopes for, you know, an athlete as in, you know, Cam Newton. But I don't know. I mean, maybe he cleans it up halfway through the season, you know, gets a little healthier. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's only it's only a waiting game at this point because we've seen Cam Newton's history. We know he can be good. Um, but it seems like ever since that Super Bowl against Denver, he's been kind of on the decline. Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, and then, then let's move down to uh, another team in that division, the Buccaneers. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Jameis Winston for a second because homeboy sucks ass. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry that you didn't already know that. Well, I knew that. I mean, the dude's <laughs> average is 7.3 QBR uh, almost through his entire career. <laughs> that might be a little bit of a, a over-exaggeration. But, I, I mean, in this game... Going back to the same old Jameis Winston we knew. You better go back to stealing crab legs, young boy, because uh, one touchdown, three interceptions isn't going to win you shit. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> 45, I mean, that's, I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's ex literally exactly what I wrote down for my notes here. I wrote Winston shows usual colors with one touchdown, three picks. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of that, San Francisco's defense kind of showed off a little bit with them two pick sixes, one Richard Sherman and I don't remember the dude's first name, but Witherspoon was the other yeah. pick six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was high on Tampa. I, not necessarily high. I knew they were going to be a shit team, but for them to come out and, you know, not do much, that game wasn't that, you know what, that, that could be one of the most boring games of the weekend too. It's tough to kind of measure because even Jimmy Garoppolo on the 49ers didn't do much. I don't think either quarterback touched 200 yards, uh, not receiving, uh, throwing. Um, both of them had interceptions. Garoppolo threw the lone touchdown of the game. Uh, I mean, he, he had a rough showing too. I think, uh, San Francisco is going to have a rough year and I think Tampa's right there with them. So that was kind of a winner or a loser go home kind of thing. I think their season might be dead in the water. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't hyped up to watch this, and that's why I didn't. But um, I just kept my eye out just because San Francisco was a team going into the season that had a lot of mixed you know, predictions, whether it be good or bad, whether Jimmy Garoppolo was going to come back and be better than he has been. Um, I think it's, yes, it's only week one, but I think he proved that nothing's really changed. Um, but it was good to see uh, San Francisco's defense you know, show out. I haven't really heard Richard Sherman's name in about a year or so other than, you know, just basic statistics but it was it was good to see him you know get the touchdown but um other With, than that there really wasn't speaking much speaking on 49ers defense how, how do you feel about that Quan Alexander uh, ejection earlier in the game when yeah, the he had the helmet to helmet hit on his yeah, ex teammate headshot on Jameis Winston man um i didn't get to see a clip of that i, I wanted either. to but I, Wow. I mean, I did, if the 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 headline makes it seem a lot worse than it might have been. I like I said, I haven't seen it, you haven't seen it, but for 
It could have been just 49ers Quan Alexander ejected after a headshot. When they say headshot, I just I think Call of Duty days headshot. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, like you said, the headline makes it a little more than it probably is. Um, It could have just been an awkward turn of the two guys turning into each other. Or, I mean, it could have been a target. It could have been malicious. You never know. I mean, I don't know, man. Jameis Winston, maybe Quan Alexander was like, this payback for all those interceptions you threw when I was there. Yeah. (laughs) This for for making me work extra hard when I was there and still losing, you bitch ass. (laughs) But, all right. Um, Want to hop to New York, Dallas? New York and Dallas. Yes, I do. So, I was very surprised by the stick-out player in this game, and it was Dak Prescott. Yeah. I mean, he threw 405 yards with four touchdowns. I think he was one of maybe three quarterbacks who broke 400 yards this game yeah, this he, week. He was he was another one uh, this week that actually had a perfect QBR, 158.3, 405 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, you know, New York's defense isn't good though, so I don't want again. I don't want to overreact in week one, but if Dak Prescott's going to put up numbers like that throughout the rest of the year, you know, he might be trying to play for that contract. Saw what Zeke was getting paid, so maybe he's like, I'm right, I'm next, I want that money. Right, and if you ask me, he's the only one who backed up the argument. Um, I know Zeke didn't do too much. He did have the touchdown, um, but he didn't get too many yards, wasn't super productive on offense. Um, and neither was Saquon. I mean, these are the top two backs, arguably the top two backs in the league. I, I would. It's not even arguably, in my opinion. I think those are two. The they are the two best backs in the and league. They had a pretty average game. Yeah, I mean, looking at uh, looking at Zeke, he didn't even. He barely broke fifty three yards. I uh, got one touchdown. I mean, he didn't do much. Uh, I don't know if that speaks to New York's defense or if Zeke just wasn't having a day and they just wanted to keep going with uh, Dak Prescott. But one name I do want to mention is one guy that was sort of forgettable, came out of retirement this year after one year off, is Jason Witten. Got, got his touchdown. He actually had a pretty decent game. I thought the dude would come back out being the same old robot he's been pretty much his entire career. But he had a pretty good day. I mean, it, as far yard-wise, not really, but he did get a touchdown. It showed that he could still kind of make plays. I mean, he only got 15 yards, but touchdown's a touchdown. Yeah, and speaking of tight ends, on the other side there, Evan Ingram had a pretty damn good game. I mean, 11 receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, and I think Ingram is going to be a guy that you should definitely look out for, especially the next few weeks without uh, Tate being there. I think they're kind of limited. It's between him and Sterling Shepard. I don't know who else they'd be throwing it to over there. Um, So Ingram's definitely probably, the, the, I would say, the number one target for uh, Eli. Um, hopefully Eli's not there much longer. I'm hoping uh, Daniel Jones takes that spot. But, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, earlier I did mention Saquon didn't do much, and that's just because he didn't get any scoring out of the way. But he still put up 120 rushing yards, you know, doing his – if you ask me, pretty much being his usual self. Um, You know, he's never not been able to get handful of yards. Um, When you're that powerful, it doesn't really take an O-line to get you some yardage. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I uh, want to hop to, what do we got? Uh, Cincinnati at Seattle? Yep. Is so, that the last one before we get into our team? Into here? hell on earth. Yep. Um, yeah. So this game was very interesting. Um, there really wasn't much on Seattle's offense that happened. Um, I believe there was only one passing touchdown from Russell Wilson. But no, he had two. He had, he had two. two. Okay. Yep. But if you ask me, Chris Carson was pretty responsible for most of what happened. Um, yeah, Chris on Carson offense. had a day. That is for sure. I think it would he have three. No, not three touchdowns. He had a receiving and a rushing touchdown. Okay, two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he had a great day. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, still Russell Wilson. He had it wasn't like a flashy day. I mean, the game overall, that game was. Did you see it? It was downpouring the entire time. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, it's in but, Seattle. I mean, so. Russell Wilson still had. Yeah, it is in Seattle. <laughs> um, he did have 196 yards, 134.6 passer rating. Uh, still a good day for Russell Wilson. I mean, that's again week one. He's gonna have a hell of a season. I think we can all expect that. Yeah, and in, in this game, the thing that actually surprised me is the quarterback I didn't think I was going to be hearing more about was Andy Dalton putting up 418 yards. Yeah. I mean, I don't think many people expected that. You know, Andy Dalton's a guy that people bash on consistently. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, he's to blame for that, but, I mean. Well, yeah, no one sp- likes a ginger quarterback. <laughs> well, I mean, he had the speed weapon. You know, Josh Ross, seven receptions, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. With A.J. Green being out, um... I honestly didn't know if John Ross was going to make it to the first game um, healthy because I know he was questionable for some time. And I know they did, like we mentioned before, that uh, undrafted free agent that they signed. I didn't hear anything about him. I didn't hear anything out of him either. I mean, the game was actually surprising. That was a surprising outcome for me because I thought Cincinnati was going to get blown out of the water. Um, I mean... 20 to 21 to 20. I I was actually surprised to see that final score. That was another game that was during the Lions game, so I wasn't really paying too much attention to it. But the fact that uh, Cincinnati could keep up with Seattle again, it's early in the season, but um, I was surprised to see that. I thought it was funny that Ezekiel uh, Ziggy Anza wasn't in the game. Who would have thought? But uh, I think I think Seattle's defense will get better as time goes on and. Um, I, th- I mean, maybe, maybe we're all wrong. Maybe the AFC North is a lot tougher than we thought, or since he's going to be better than we thought, and Cleveland's going to be a lot worse and maybe it's Baltimore's division. I mean, you're looking at the games right now, me and you both, I think agreed on Cleveland Pittsburgh being at the top of this division, but the other two teams are the ones that had a good week. So, I mean, week one, we still got 16 more to go, so I'm not too overly concerned, but it should be interesting to watch that division overall going down the stretch. For sure. So, uh, about that time, let's get the shit out of the way. Um, Lions Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> you know, before we get into this, I want to say something. Overall, the first three quarters of that game, the first quarter was a little rough, but I'd say the middle two quarters of that game, I don't want to, like, the first quarter was just offensively looked rough, but the defense for the Lions, they came out and looked fucking great. I mean, they had five sacks on the day. It's Devin Kennard was killing it. Like overall, they looked great defensively until about the fourth quarter when it mattered. Um, <laughs> the offense was a little slow to start. I, I it's so hard to be a Lions fan, man. I'm I mean, so fucking. This goes back into the fucking argument from last week with the guy on Reddit, you know, saying that the Lions are not the most. Not one of the most. Yeah. I mean, fuck, dude. We were up. 18 points going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. There was no reason to even tie this game. We should have blew this team out. We should have, yeah. I mean, I projected the Lions to win 27-17. So I got half of it right. The other half, I don't know how the hell. I mean, good for Kyler Murray. You know, he started off fuck very Kyler rough. Murray. I don't want to hear that dude's name I mean, this again. dude threw 54 <laughs> passes. 54, yeah. I mean, he he got a lot of a lot of shit going on, but he I mean, 
You know, he's fast, man. That was the biggest thing to me. I think he. there was a few times later on in that game where that offense kind of started clicking a little bit on Arizona um, where they where the, we would apply that pressure, but he was able to just quickly get out of it. So that was definitely, I think, our guys just couldn't keep up with him. There were a few times where he ran out of the pocket, ran like sort of like a wheel route somewhat and just kind of got out of trouble. But uh, the game overall, I mean, Looking at Stafford, he had a he had a pretty good day. I, I mean, 27 for 45, 385 yards, three touchdowns. He did lose a fumble at the beginning of the game. He even threw on 22 rushing yards with that. So Stafford had a good day. Um, we got to talk about our guy though. Some someone who actually me and you dogged on this dude when we drafted him, and I feel bad. I just want to apologize right now. This is a heartfelt apology to uh to uh Sir uh, Big Cock T.J. Hawk. Uh, you're my guy, man. I. <laughs> I just want to thank you personally if you're listening to this. Uh, he kept you know. faith throughout the game. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Man, kept faith. Every play. It's, when is the last time you heard this, bro? When is the last time you heard this? The first time in NFL history the Lions had one of the best tight end debuts ever in they the had NFL the history. best the, tight end yeah, debut. Yeah, not even, he broke not an even NFL record the, since for 1960. a tight end debut game in yards. He had 131 yards. Averaged damn near 22 yards a reception. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, every time we were on offense and our run game was failing or we were missing receptions, I was like, fuck it, just throw it to Hawkinson. Right. And I don't even want to, it's not even that, that uh, Amendola touched down earlier in the game, the first touchdown of the game. TJ made a great block on that defensive end. Uh, I mean, if he wasn't there, Stafford would have got sack that touchdown when it happened so going back to your point like the dude can catch the dude can block I'm not trying to get too high on TJ because you know I was everybody thought he I think we have every right to be you know what I am high as fuck this on guy, TJ man. <laughs> I mean he went crazy I don't for if you at, I think he dropped one pass and it's just because it was out of his reach um I mean the guy showed out I mentioned before that you know this guy was pretty much a weapon anywhere whether it was receiving you know, he was a really good blocker in Iowa, so I expected that out of him. I'm glad it went through. But um, I'm not going to lie. I expected a little more Jesse James here. He only had the one catch for 15 yards, but I'm not complaining. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that surprised me was the Lions, for a little bit there, I mean, their offense did look better when they started clicking. I mean, they were running three tight end sets, which we haven't seen much out of Detroit in a while. Actually, I don't remember the last time we saw that. You had Stafford run the 11 yards on the uh uh, pass option play. I mean, there was definitely the offense looked a lot better um, until the end. Uh, I know, and, and, and one other thing that kind of concerns me about the offense is there wasn't much of a run game established. I mean, carry on had 16 carries for only 49 and yards. That, and before we before the fourth quarter, he only had nine. Or I'm sorry, seven carries, seven carries. Yeah. So. So nine carries in the fourth quarter and only finished just finished just under 50 yards. And then C.J. Anderson, 11 carries for 35. Yeah, And they both averaged 3.1 and 3.2 yards per attempt. It wasn't that great of a day for the run game. But hey, you know what? Overall, while we're just we want to stay in the positives for a second before we get into the dog shit negatives yeah. we've seen out of this game, because overall, I think a lot of Lions fans are going to look at this and say, you know what? This team is the same old Lions, which is essentially true with the outcome. But if you really look at it, if the Lions finish that game off, if they did, and again, I mean, this is kind of a same old Lions thing to say, but if they just finish that game, 
the outlook of this would have looked completely different. And I think watching San Diego this week, seeing that Indy was able to stay in there and keep them to overtime at home, when we go back home next week and have our home opener, Detroit's going to be loud. And I think Detroit could beat San Diego. I think it's completely possible if their defense can stay as dominant as they were throughout the entire game rather than just at the end, like just trying to play to win. I think that was a big mistake on their part. But if you really look at it, if they win next week, I think depending on how Philly is in the next couple weeks here, we'll see. I think they have a chance to go two, one and one going into the bye, And that's really not a bad start for this season. I think Detroit overall, I'm not going to try to overreact, but man, I left that game with the nastiest taste in my mouth. I just felt like shit. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of upsides. Like you mentioned, the Matthew Stafford statistics. Um, obviously, TJ Hawkinson, but we had six guys average double-digit numbers per reception. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not a bad statistic at all. No, I mean, you usually all. get lucky to have three. Yeah, we doubled it. You know, so and it was good to see Amendola, um, yep. his first game in Detroit at outside uh, of that over a uh, hundred yards. Thing, but yeah, yeah, and then over a hundred yards. You know, he had seven receptions, hundred four, and a touchdown. Yeah. Amendola was a good pickup for sure. Yeah, I mean, overall, I was mostly happy with Detroit. Um, I know the defense was very dominant throughout the game for the most part. There was a lot of uh, pass rush. Yeah, Um, We held David Johnson to little to none for the first half, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, And our secondary was actually surprisingly well. A lot better than I thought they would with the interception, too. And, I mean, uh, one name I want to note on the defense is Tavai. A lot of people question the dude, and I think he came out and proved himself a little bit. Three sacks and a – or, I'm sorry, three sacks. Three tackles and a sack. I mean – Everybody was hating on the guy when we drafted him. And I think today there were a couple times where there was missed coverage and stuff. But for a rookie out of the second round that got a lot of shit, knowing Detroit fans, they hate everything we do or they do in the offseason. I think that was a good look for him, too. And I mean, Devon Kennard Devon killed it. Three sacks, four tackles. I mean, you couldn't stop the guy. Well, then you still got to think about things. You know, we were missing Deshaun Hand in this game. Yeah. We were missing uh, the Penn State cornerback we drafted, Amani. I'm not even going to attempt the last name. Something like that. (laughs) And then, obviously, Jared Davis. Um, I was happy to see Frank Ragnow made it to the first week um, healthy. The O-line, definitely, you could tell that Ragnow being fully healthy would have helped. And I think our O-line was definitely concerning at times in that game. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, for the most part, I mean, like you said, I think Stafford only had the one sack and it, you know, forced a fumble with Chandler Jones. But... I mean, he didn't have terrible job with protection today. The run game was a little questionable, but I think the pass protection was a lot better than I expected. But, I mean, other than the fourth quarter, I'm pretty happy with how we how we played yeah, this week. And I think, it, I, in all reality, I think uh, the loss falls on the coaching. Um, I mean, yeah. Patricia, I... <laughs> I want to root for the guy, man. It's so hard, but I want I like I really honestly want to see him be a good coach. I don't want to hate on him. I think he's still going to a lot of people around hate the guy. And I understand. He starts 6 and 10, but I feel like us as Detroit fans not speaking me and you, I think we have a little bit more reason when it comes to thinking about it, but overall I think Detroit fans not not talking shit to Detroit, but we hate guys too quick in this city. I feel like as soon as they walk in, I know, but it's last year. It started with last year. And I'd much rather tie the game at 27-27 to a rookie quarterback than get blown out 43-17 in week one to a rookie quarterback. Now, it's not what we wanted, but 
At least it wasn't a loss. <laughs> it wasn't win. It wasn't a loss. It was about the most lion-esque way to play yeah. a game. I mean, yes, we blew the 18-point lead in one quarter. So um, let's. We talked positives. Let's talk negatives here. Well, I think I think we need to talk Arizona. I think we need to give them the credit where it's due. You know, Kyler Murray. He had a t- really rough start in the game. Yeah. You know, like I said, he had the 54 throws. And he had 11 yards he in the first half or something like something, that. It was something very crazy Two like for that, six but in the first half for the 11 yards. Yeah. yeah. And then he finished the game with 29 attempt or 29 uh, passes for out of 54 attempts. Broke 300 yards at 308. Still had two TDs. He did have the one interception from uh, Tracy Walker, but Larry the legend. I mean, the old guy showed out today. He had a few very stellar catches with the diving one late. I mean, he had a few. Yeah, I mean, he finished with eight receptions, 113 yards in the TD, and averaged 14 yards catch. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, again, I mean, I I just was upset with Detroit. I expected so much less of Arizona, and honestly, I'll give them props for doing as well as they did. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a football guy. It hurts to see my city you know, go through this shit again. Yeah. But it, I'll you give know, props where it's due. So going back to the negatives here, um, the accepted penalty, I did not like it. Uh, it was, I believe it was early in the fourth quarter where they could have went three and 14. We could have had them go three and 14 if we accepted it. Or I'm sorry, we did accept it. They went three and 14. If we declined it, it went fourth and two. I feel like then in that moment, you should have let him go fourth and two. There's a chance they would have punted it. We would have got the ball back game over. At that point, I think we still had an eight-point lead. So with just – I don't remember exactly the timing on that, but that was something that offended – or I mean, not offended me, but upset me a little bit. But the biggest thing that upset me was that timeout that they called. With When you have your veteran quarterback running to the sideline yelling, trust me, trust me, trust me, to Darren Bevel – or Daryl Bevel – that tells me that there's some kind of relationship issue between Stafford and Bevel, and that's not a good sign. I mean, I don't know if it's Stafford at this point because how many offensive coordinators has he gone through and how many times have we heard murmurs of Stafford not getting along with the staff? Like, I like Stafford as a quarterback. I really want to root for the guy, but I'm. it's like back and forth with him. He puts up all these numbers and does all these things, and he's had all these comebacks, but is he the guy that's going to take us to the next level? And I don't want to go through another rebuild, man. I don't want to do We've it. We've gone through <laughs> a lot. half Over half a century of rebuilds. Yeah, I mean, we're on season 10 with Matthew Stafford. and 11. This is a yep, yep, that's right. So 11, and we really haven't gotten much. And I'm not going to say it's all on him. Obviously, we've, like you've mentioned, we've gone through an endless number of coaching staff. Um, we uh, There have been so many different names in this city, and Stafford has been one of the few that have stayed. Um, I appreciate him for being loyal to the city. You know, he hasn't wanted to leave, and at the end of the day, to me, <laughs> yeah, and to me, he's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league without question. Oh, 100%. Um, it's every year you try to root for the team. You know, you see all the offseason uh, moves they made this year, obviously going and getting Daryl Bevel and then drafting TJ Hawkinson and creating this brand new offense that seemed to be doing well. At least they mentioned in training camp and stuff. And then to just look at the depth we built on defense. I mean, with everyone healthy, we have five really solid defensive linemen you know, a decent secondary and we're working on the linebackers. But I mean, there was so much to hope for going into this game with this team and it was only 50% there. I mean, like you mentioned, the first quarter was kind of slow and then obviously the fourth quarter without question. So 
I think we didn't really go anywhere improvement wise because if you look at last season, we were really only a one half team. Yeah, and I this game technically we, we only played one half. I mean. That is true. As far as that goes, yeah. I don't know if that was a conditioning thing. I don't know if it was just a slow start. I don't know what it was exactly. But, I mean, walking out of this game, though, I really do, looking at the the Green Bay-Chicago game and looking at Minnesota's game, I think Minnesota and Detroit are the two better teams than the NFC North, to be completely honest with you. I mean, you look at... Off, or offensively, Chicago is struggling. Detroit's defense or offense did a little bit better. Now, don't get me wrong, Arizona's, Arizona's defense might be worse than Green Bay's, but Green Bay, if they had a better offense to go against, they would have lost that game, in my opinion. So if Detroit can have a defense that's damn good, because another name we didn't really hear much of today was Snacks Harrison. Another name we didn't hear much of today is Slay. Like how many times did it, there's there were guys today that we did not expect to make big moves. Trey Flowers didn't even do anything too crazy. It was Deshaun Hand wasn't there. Like the defense could still be great. They showed that they could be great, especially against a rookie quarterback that shows potential to be one of the better ones. The only issue I had was towards the end of the game. We did give him quite a bit of time and it doesn't matter whether you're a rookie or a 15 year vet or whatever you are. If you give a quarterback time, he's going to rip you apart. And that's exactly what happened for sure. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious in the fourth quarter that our guys got tired. I mean, obviously they were workhorses throughout the earlier in the game, but if you get tired at the same time as, you know, an athlete such as Kyler Murray and then obviously David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk and all these names are starting to heat up. You know, if you obviously it showed that the Cardinals really started to pick up with each other and heat up real quick in that fourth quarter. And, you know, to think at the same time our guys are tired. It's just not a good look. So I think it's partially coaching. It's partially conditioning. And if you ask me, it's partially partially discipline yeah yeah it was uh i mean we'll see moving forward i think i i I mean going into the preview for next week i think uh i I, it's gonna be tough for me to pick i don't think i'm gonna make picks today we can talk about the games but i i'm i'm pretty sure detroit could win next week um but i again i i mean i know it's hard to be a detroit fan me and you both agree on that and anybody listening that's more than likely you're all detroit fans for the most part um i wouldn't say we lose all hope here no, it's not time to avoid, abandon ship but uh it is week one yeah it we is week one 16 to go there uh, 15 well 16 well, weeks 15 yes, games but yeah. i mean i looking at the rest of the division you should feel pretty good and looking at the other teams that we're going to be playing this year um I mean, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, our season's fucked. But right. Um, Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, I'm not, you know, utterly concerned about the Chargers. I mean, yes, they have a pretty dangerous secondary um, and their offense can be very, you know, weaponized. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, we can if we want to talk about that now, I think. And that the edge for me in that game is I think Detroit puts on a really good home field advantage. And I think our team, hopefully our fans show up and they can show that excitement. I know, again, I mean, last year they did it fairly well. So if they can keep that energy and keep those guys hyped up out there and show that we love our team, hopefully they can translate that energy into the game and keep that energy throughout the four quarters. But to be honest, did you listen to the crowd in that game? Because I feel like there's a lot more cheering for Detroit than there was Arizona. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a, I know there was a handful of Detroit fans watching the game, but, um, up until the fourth quarter, it was dead silent for Arizona fans. I mean, they kept showing the fans. They were just sitting there on their phones, you know, 
you know, quirky faced. I mean, there was really nobody was really happy until stuff started happening for Arizona. So really, the only noise you were getting was out of Detroit fans. And it seemed like there was quite a few there. Yeah, There were quite a few. So if we can keep the, I mean, if we can keep that energy, I think I think our, our highlighting point of our team right now is obviously defense. I think the offense can be great as long as that defense can stay in the game and not just play prevent the entire time. I mean, we'll see. We got some good competition for, I mean, tough competition moving forward. The next five games are still pretty, pretty damn difficult. Um, if we won this week, it would have felt a lot better. Certain one and oh, but Hey, you know what we got? All you can do is look forward for them. So hopefully, hopefully goddamn, hopefully. Cause I, I don't know if I can stand seeing coming in here next week with a loss. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I can. <laughs> well, and, and just to continue from there, it's like all off season. Obviously, we've been sitting here with high hopes, you know, just praying and every year. Same old lines. I mean, that's that you hear that phrase everywhere you go here in Detroit. But another game that I'm actually really interested is Indy, uh, Indy versus Tennessee. Wait, um, are we doing the preview right now? Because I, yeah. I want to talk about Patriots Pittsburgh real quick because that game's over. Oh, it's over. Okay. Yeah, final score, 33-3 to Patriots. And I just want to throw this out. This game just ended, so we don't have any of the stats and stuff, but I do have the stats pulled up in front for me. Surprising name here, Philip Dorsett. Four receptions, 95 yards, and not one, but two touchdowns. Tom Brady killed it yet again. I mean, this offense is going to be scary all year. I mean, I already told you, I think this could be the year that they finally do that undefeated season that they wanted in 07. Just because I look at their offense and it scares the shit out of me, and clearly their defense is nothing to be put, unless Pittsburgh sucks all of a sudden, which I doubt, they held Pittsburgh to three points. I mean... There's that. Tom Brady, 24 for 36, 341 yards, three touchdowns. And then Julian Edelman throws a 32-yard bomb. So, I mean, just looking at this, you don't even see – Demarius Thomas didn't even have a reception in this game. Play. Oh, he didn't play? No, okay. So, you got Dorsett, you got Edelman and Gordon, you got White. I mean, I'm going down this well, list. You want me to be honest with you? The thing that scares me most is they put up 33 points and Antonio Brown didn't play. Oh, yeah, he's not eligible. Um, Demarius Thomas didn't play. Yeah. Nikhil Harry didn't, didn't play. play. I, we're looking at three offensive weapons on top of three more at just wide receiver. That yeah. <laughs> and their leading rusher, Rex Burkhead. So you got Rex Burkhead, James White, and Sony Michelle. Dude, I'm telling you, this offense, New England is scary as fuck. Scary as fuck. They made more moves in the last few weeks than they did all offseason, and it's terrifying. Because they've gotten gotten nothing but better, and you know, here's a, they got you know, Jamie this, Collins back on defense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is something I've been. Fuck. I mean, I was talking about it the other day, um, and I, I hate to see it. I hate to see New England go again, but you have to admit, New England's got to be one of the best organizations we have ever seen, and we might ever see. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie; it may be annoying to go through this shit, but I thought they were on the downturn. That's what you said. That is what I said. And and like I just mentioned, they made more moves in the last few weeks than they did the entire offseason. Hell, so, the last week, shit. Last two days. Please. Shit, dude. It's like you just don't expect this, but you do. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to know that I'm alive to see a possible one person win seven Super Bowls with one team, how is he not? 
I oh my dude, this offense is not. It's scary. I don't even I'm, know if it's Tom Brady like or just the team. Terrified. I mean, I'm not going to get into that, but I think it's the chemistry. I mean, yeah, that coach quarterback connection is. I don't know what it is with Belichick and his staff's ability to adapt players to their, you know, playbook. But it seems that it happened pretty damn quick with Dorsett. Obviously, um, I have absolutely no doubt that Antonio Brown will figure it out. Um. Demarius oh, Thomas. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean get, before we get into Antonio Brown, I, he's got to figure it out. The shit yeah. was figured out. We, we can get into that, but and we'll do the preview first and all that. I just wanted to mention, I mean, watch the fuck out for New England. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's all. I'm just going to leave it right they there. They came out right under behind me. I'm not going to lie to you. I was just not ready for them to do it yet again. You can never question greatness, and that's exactly what they are. I, I hate to say it. I, don't get me wrong. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I get to see that. You know how fucking jealous I am of Boston fans? Honestly, they have the Patriots. They have the Bruins. They have the fucking Red Sox. They have everything. The Celtics. What? Fuck you, Boston. Like, honestly, I mean, I'm not like. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. It's just. I, and then you look at Detroit. I just. The number of championships in just that region, it just, fuck off. Like, I mean, goddamn, I wish I lived over there and I could say, you know what, I'm a Patriots fuck fan. Fuck it, I might be. So. But all you Detroit, <laughs> Detroit living uh, Patriots, dick sucking motherfuckers, I don't like you. Sorry. <laughs> so, hey, Go ahead. If and anybody rub it in my in. family's listening, uh, sorry for the custom, but I don't fuck with New England. Yeah, no. Um, you <laughs> you can go ahead and rub in New England skill, but I'll go ahead and rub my fist in your face. Um. I get it. They're good. You don't need to jam it down my throat. Yeah, I watched. Fucking Boston. I watched the games too. Fucking Boston. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Anyways, you, let's you get back at- into the preview. <laughs> let's just. I don't want to waste too much time on that. I mean, I can sit here and I'm I'm tearing up just thinking about how good that team organization is, man. You can only wish. Yeah, I mean, it's polar. I just. I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, the Midwest Patriots and the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> can eventually reach that greatness. Yeah, I, I know the Lions we'll are trying as hard as they can to be. Yeah, replicas, just we're just getting all their leftovers. Yeah, clearly it's not going so far. I mean, we'll see. But anyways, so week two preview. Let's hop right into it. Where were you at? Sorry, man. We were talking Lions Chargers. We went through that. Uh, we're not going to make any picks on that. But let's. What was your game? Sorry. Indy Tennessee is probably one of my favorite ones for this week. Um, just because you know you look at Indy. Excuse me. This week. Yes, it's divisional, but you also got, you know, Indy's offense did pretty well. Tennessee's defense did pretty well. I mean, it's a curious, it's a very curious game. You know, you wonder what could happen, you know, and could the role switch? You know, could Indy's defense have a great game and Tennessee's offense have a great game? I mean, it's hard to tell because they both are pretty evenly matched, if you ask me. Yeah, no, that definitely. And I think that's uh, that's something to look for in that division. Um, I mean, you got both of the uh, – actually, all their divisional opponents are playing each other next weekend in that division. Jaguars are at the Texans, too. So, uh, I mean, I agree. I think I'm not going to make a pick on that. Um, those will be posted on our Instagram. But uh, – I haven't looked too much into it. I think that's no. I'm not making any picks yet. To. No, me I either. I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta let the, today's games because we record on Sundays. So just so you guys know, we're rec- we pay, make our picks later on in the week. We still got two more games to watch tomorrow. So, I mean, let us let us get through that, and then we'll put our picks up sometime later in next week. Um, one game I'm interested in next week though is Terrell Suggs visiting his hometown. We got the Cardinals going to the Ravens now. I'm curious because you got Kyler Murray is kind of a kind of a similar 
uh, quarterback to Lamar Jackson in, in the sense that he's mobile and he, he kind of people have questions about some of his, his play styles and stuff. I want to see if Lamar Jackson can do it again. And I want to see if Marquise Brown can do it again. Because, I, I mean, I've, it's not really a true test for them, but it is definitely a step up for Miami. The Ravens are at home, so I think, I mean, if I had to pick, I'm going to pick the Ravens, but I'm not, I'll wait until later. But that's a game I'm interested in. I want to see if Suggs can uh, get in there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you because I know Suggs had a lot of QB pressures today, um, a handful of them, but it's a matter of can Arizona carry that, you know, that fire with them over to week two because despite getting a tie, they still – I mean, they did more in one quarter than they did in three others. So you wonder if they can carry that on. Um, And I think that's what I'm more excited to look for. I think Lamar Jackson is clearly capable of doing it. Um, Just putting up such ridiculous numbers on, yes, one of the worst teams in the league, but doesn't mean it's not easy to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, The other game I have is, holy shit, the Steelers have a tough ass two games. I didn't realize they had Seattle coming to see them next week. So that's definitely a game I'm interested in seeing. Hopefully the Steelers bounce back for their own sake. But, I mean, there's a chance they start 0-2. And you know how the history in 0-2 teams, they don't make the playoffs generally. No, not usually. But um, I'm definitely curious to see Seattle's defense. I want to see a change there. Um, It didn't seem that they did a whole lot against Cincy, obviously with – uh, Dalton having a pretty decent game, but um, a game that really sticks out to me is a uh, one of another one of the multiple interdiv- interdivisional battles, uh, Minnesota Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, those are my two teams at the top of the NFC North. So to think about you know one team having such power and another team having capability of such power, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, no, that's definitely the I mean, looking at all the games next week, that's probably the one I'm gonna have my eyes closest on outside of the Lions game, obviously. But that's one you that's an impactful game for us and them and just kind of seeing where the North really is because the more we play each other, the more we're gonna know. And I mean I, I could kinda agree with you on that. Green Bay is definitely a favorite right now. I mean, t- before this week, they were the number one team <laughs> in the power rankings for whatever the fuck, for whatever reason. Um, but that's definitely one to look out for between. I mean, that'll, that's an interesting one. I mean, yeah. And, and one thing that I'm kind of thinking about here is they got Green Bay has two um, NFC North teams two weeks in a row. And obviously they had Chicago this week, saw what happened there. You know, they took a powerhouse defense and turned it into. You know, they, they didn't score much, but they won the game. Yeah. Um, and you're going to Minnesota, yet another powerhouse defense, and you add a little no, bit of offense to they're not going to Minnesota. To they're at home for that one. Well, I know I'm going against. Oh, yeah, I got yeah, you. I, got I you. didn't literally mean going oh, to. Sorry, my but, um, I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to be opposite of what happened this week. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. You think it's going to be high-scoring? I could see that. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they have an over-under set on it yet, but uh, it could be a little bit more high-scoring than – well, I mean, it's if it's not more, if they don't score more than 13 points, there's going to be some issues. That makes me raise some questions about the Packers offense. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think it could be like a 28-21 game or something, 28-24, somewhere in there. I don't see it breaking 30. How about you? Um, I mean, I see it. I mean, I definitely see it close. I yeah. don't see a huge score gap there. I yeah. think, I think um, they, one of the teams is going to win by seven or less. Yeah, I think Minnesota breaks thirty, but I don't think Green Bay is far behind at all. Um, oh, you already you're already making a pick. You think Minnesota? I got Minnesota winning that. winning that game. I don't think Delvin Cook slows down. 
I'm with you on that, honestly. I think Minnesota wins, but that's just because I hate the fucking. And I, I, I'm not a fan of Kirk Cousins at all, but I think he's going to pick apart that defense. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, that's that's like I said, that's a game I'm definitely going to be watching closely. Another big one for me, um, just because it's yet another interdivisional battle, um, Houston Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm very curious to see. You know, there we have a similar battle. You know, because you got a powerful defense and a powerful offense. I'm curious to see if. Gardner Minshew can carry through to the next game. Um, I know we didn't hear too much about Deshaun Watson. Um, well, sure, we haven't seen well, him play yet. Yeah, but, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about him and obviously um, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins <laughs> and then Will Fuller, and then yeah. they just signed, they got that other receiver as well. Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills Carlos out of Miami. Yeah. Um, and and Carlos, I mean, I mean, we'll see. They could. I mean, that division's wide open. Indy clearly isn't. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not as good as they would have been with luck, obviously. But uh, uh, overall, that division's still wide open. Right now, the Titans look like they're the best team so far. But we haven't seen the Texans play, so who knows? We'll yeah. see. Um, and those are two, definitely two games you want to watch. I mean, there's a lot of interdivisional games next week. I mean, just looking through, you got Cowboys at the Redskins, uh, Chiefs at Raiders. Um, what else you got here? Patriots at Dolphins. Oh God! No, <laughs> um, the the only other one that I find interesting is the Monday night game, uh, Browns at Jets. I want to see if the Jets can do a little bit more scoring. I don't know C.J. Mosley's condition right now, but him coming back, and I really, really, really hope for the Browns' sake and the Browns fans that they uh, come back and actually, you know, spark some fire on that offense and defensively show some shit because they got embarrassed this week, and I just. I, I want to root for the Browns just because if I can see the Browns do it, hopefully Detroit can too. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But I got two more games on my radar next week. Um, oh, yeah. Actually, I got one more too now that I'm New looking Orleans at it. and the Rams. I mean, we haven't seen New Orleans play yet, but we're talking about two teams that are pretty high I mean, caliber. Uh, the last time we saw that game, you know what happened. Yeah, highest scoring game. In- well, no, no, no. It wasn't the highest scoring game. That's the pass interference call. Yeah. we got And this time it's in L.A., not New Orleans. So that's definitely something to look out for. I mean, I think the Saints are going to be angry. I think the Saints are going to say, you know what, we want our fucking game back. It's not going to mean as much, but I think they're going to come in that game fiery. I mean, we haven't seen them play, but that's going to be a heated matchup. For sure. And then uh, my last one is the bird battle. Yeah, my Philly NFC matchup for the year. I mean,. If you ask me, because you're looking at two teams that had a pretty slow first half, yeah. um, I'm curious to see if they can... Well, I don't you know, think the Falcons had a slow first half. I think they had a I mean, slow-ass day. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking <laughs> yeah. combined. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I'm just curious to see who makes the first move You know, in that game, and I think who goes from there will kind of be your winner, but it's me, Philly, but you never know. Yeah, Matt, no, Matt I'm, Ryan I'm has, leaning more towards Philly, too, but I think Matt Ryan could have a bounce-back week. I don't... I, again, that's... An, you got to look at it like this. They lost the first game... I think they're a playoff team. They're not going to lose the second game. Then again, you look at Houston last year. I think they started 0-3 or something like that and still made a run to the playoffs, almost made the playoffs. Um, But we'll see. That's definitely a matchup I want to look out for. And again, our picks will be out later this week. But, I mean. Yeah, I mean, so that's all I got for important matchups and any previews. Um, But we got some uh, outside of gameplay here. We uh, We got some stuff to talk about with Antonio Brown. Now, 
Before we hop into this, I just want to say, like, it was a wild week. Everybody knows the headline was different every single day. Literally, every single day. It went from not on the team to on the team to I want to be on this team to I'm going to suspend it to the fucking fight with Mayak to, to getting fined to getting to released. released. Yeah. And getting released and now New England. So, in my opinion here, I think this was Antonio Brown's plan the entire time. I mean, honest to God, I think he played this entire country, the entire league, because if you really look at it, and this is why I say this, there was an article that came out earlier today that said he spoke to social media advisors on how to accelerate his release from the Raiders. And that's why that YouTube video came out of him talking to Gruden, because he knew that the Raiders would find out, get upset and find him. Then he could be like, you know what? I want off this fucking team. That tells me. Antonio Brown, and not to mention, Antonio Brown went to New England to make more money than he was going to make in Oakland. And he's winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't think that's without question. But I mean, he he was definitely it was definitely what he wanted because I follow him on social media and he posted a video of him finding out he got released by the Raiders, and I probably haven't when seen him. When he was him. yelling, I'm free, I'm free, yep, I'm Mama, free, I'm called free. his grandma <laughs> saying grandma I'm free. free. I mean, this dude had a heyday when he found out he was gone and it's it's kind of scary that he wanted that because you know you look back at there was a pos- there was a trade discussion New England wanted to trade for uh, AB but Pittsburgh refused to trade him to a rival and yeah. well yeah here he and is cuz you knew he wanted to go to New England the entire time what's what's the best way to get back to your former team look at the schedule he wanted to do this earlier because who the fuck did they play tonight Pittsburgh and he knew the only way he could do it is put me on a shit team and get me the hell out of there. And I think he thought with that whole Buffalo thing at the beginning, he might have thought that Buffalo wouldn't release him. He might have thought it might have been harder because Buffalo's not going to let him walk because Buffalo's in the same division as New England. But Oakland, on the other hand, Oakland just wants to focus on going to Vegas, and they knew Antonio Brown would help him win games. It took him a little bit longer than expected, but God damn, I think this was planned. And Bill Belichick got exactly what he wanted too, because I feel like those two. I mean, maybe they. I think that might be considered tampering, but dude, that had to be. There was some shady shit going on, and Antonio Brown fooled everybody. And if anybody, if anybody wants to look back and have twenty twenty hindsight and say, "Oh, I saw that coming the whole time," you're bullshitting, because I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah, I mean, just based on. At the end of the day, yes, the, all the controversy and the arguments and everything. People thought he was crazy. Yeah. But if you ask me, on his side of things, shit went pretty smooth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if this is what he wanted, if his, if New England was the end goal, this dude did it right. I right. Mean, and everybody, he created it, controversy. <laughs> he blew up his own name in, the, you know, social media just everywhere. Everyone around the world knew who Antonio Brown was. The day he started the helmet bullshit. I mean, and from there, it only grew and it only got more and more and more and more attention. You know, and if you really break it down, he did just about every fucking thing to get out of there. And Pat McAfee actually broke it down. You know, he sat there and broke down. All right. You know, let me complain about my helmet. You know, okay, now let me go freezer burn my feet. You know, not wearing any shoes or socks going into this thing, knowing it's going to burn my feet. See if they don't want me then be an idiot. Okay, now let me go get, you know, create controversy. And it just only escalated from there and there. (laughs) Let me call my GM a cracker. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, let me. I mean, (sighs) he did everything he could. He did. He I'm surprised it went as far as it did. The fact that this is what it blew my mind when I saw it. The dude went to an advisor to say, how the fuck do I get off this team? 
Well, and the thing that kind of creeps me out is right when he got signed by the Raider, it seemed like he was excited because I still I followed him on yeah, uh, yeah, social media excited, for years. Yeah. And he was like, I'm a Raider. Like, yeah. Let's go, baby. Yeah. You know, it's like, was that an act? I don't I know. Mean, what? The dude might be a psychopath, but a psychopath, like a genius psychopath. I mean, <laughs> it's terrifying. It's very Because I'm telling you, everybody thought he was crazy. And even, even if he did play for the Raiders, everybody was like, oh, he's going to have a shit year. He's not having a shit year. Fuck no. And not I with think the, I not with the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, I, I remember your, uh, oh, Pete man. Prisco. He, uh, I think it was Pete Prisco the other day on CBS. He said, uh, "I feel like New England has like a car wash outside of their facility. They wash the stink off of players, and then they come in and perform." Antonio Brown isn't coming in with stink. Antonio Brown's coming in with exactly what he wanted, and he does, that shit was a clean car. The shit just got polished because now he's gonna come out and. I wouldn't be surprised if he has one of the best years of his career. And honestly, we were talking, arguing about Pat Mahomes the other day, throwing 5,000 yards. I could see Brady Brady breaking 5,500 yards at this point. Look at the weapons he has. And even if one goes down, he's still got four more behind him. Like, Wow, 55. Okay, I mean, I see you. He's got as many receivers as Detroit does, like, you know, questionably successful defensive linemen. And I here's mean, another thing. Tom you're Brady, talking a position that usually has a maximum of three on the field at a time. So you could get two down and still have two more. I mean, that is holy shit. And then you got to talk about Gronk maybe coming back. Yeah, and I think Don't he, even he might come get back me in December. There. Holy shit. He might come back in December. That's what I'm thinking. I think if honestly, he fucking comes back, they're not losing a game after that. And they're winning the damn Super Bowl dude, by a mile. You. And here's the thing. You know what's crazy about this? In the last seven years, Brady hasn't thrown more than 35 touchdowns but once. One time. All the way back in 2015. That's it. This year, he hasn't thrown 50 touchdowns since 2007. He's breaking that record, too. He's going to have the best season of his career, and he's 42 fucking years old. That organization is I'm ta- deeper look, than we think I, it is. I don't even like New England. I'm getting excited for them. That's the, the thing that scares thing. me. The thing that kind of throws me off is, you know, the talk. You look at GMs or owners, excuse me. You know, you think you go to Jerry Jones and it's like he's the talk of the, you know, the country, no matter what, always when it comes to that. Where the fuck is this? Where's the talk about New England's ownership and. Yeah, I mean, that disappeared. The whole controversy with his ownership. Yeah, and then... I mean, now, the only talk we've heard of that is the prostitution bust he got in. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, dude, you... They're fucking geniuses, and it's only I, No, Belichick's the genius. Belichick, He's the GM. He, I mean, he, he is the brand he behind the entire damn, operation. Him and Brady, I think that Brady's more than just a quarterback there. Brady's got yeah. Well, because he kisses everywhere. every every duty sees. Well, yeah, and it makes him feel good. Oh yeah, it makes him feel like they can trust him. So then he you so know he he puts shit in their head. head. So yeah. I wonder if we're gonna see at the end of this upcoming Super Bowl if we're gonna see a, a TB12 and AB84 kiss. <laughs> if you think about it, you got over two. under how many kisses does Tom Brady get to Antonio Brown this season? I think he averages thirteen point four. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but the, you think about it like this: you got the best quarterback currently in the NFL and the best wide receiver currently in the NFL Wait. playing on the same team. Okay, fine, Patrick Mahomes. No, I didn't say Patrick Mahomes. Who the fuck? I hate the guy, but Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. How many rings? I mean, I, you want to look at rings, but I mean, overall, like, 
I mean, coaching can only take you so far. Tom Brady's got to do it himself. And yeah, yeah, his numbers aren't fucking outstanding. Yeah. I'm not saying that the yeah. guy is. I just think, I mean. But his football IQ and his ability to make plays, and then you put a guy like Antonio Brown who can run routes backwards and still beat defensemen, def, you know, the defenses. I mean, yeah. Without a good I'm man, the Tom Brady. Look, terrified. I'd be terrified too. New England's and Antonio Brown. Like I said, Antonio Brown knew this was going to happen. Imagine being in that division. I'd kill myself. It's like a, the first thing that pops into my head is a dog with its tail behind its legs, wimping away. <laughs> Honestly, tucking the tail and walking in the corner. Because I, I mean, you might make the wild card in the Jets or the Bills, but <laughs> you're not winning. Fuck no. Not I don't. Even close. Like, here, I'm going to run through New England's schedule real quick, because just to see if like. Because I, I would have said that Pittsburgh, probably their toughest competition. I haven't looked through their entire schedule. But, I mean, my assumption would be, outside of them, I don't know who else is on their schedule. Let's see. You got the Jets. Um, actually, I don't even need you to got do that. The Bills. Got the, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's next week. That's why I said that. Uh, actually, no, that's not next week. They got Miami next week. So, bigger shits there. Then they got the Jets. Okay, and then they got the Bills. Okay, that's weird. Uh, Redskins, eh. Giants, <laughs> oh baby, Jets, again, okay. Browns, Ravens, Eagles. So they don't face real competition until the end of October, which is usually when they get to their best play. Not usually. December is usually when they're at their absolute best. But let's let's fast forward a little bit. You got the Cowboys. So they got a four-game stretch where they have some decent competition, the Browns, Ravens, Eagles, and Cowboys. Then you got the Texans. The Chiefs, that'll be an interesting game. The Bengals. <laughs> the Bills and the Dolphins. Dude. Tell me they're not going undefeated this year. The only games I see in this that would be tough matchups where I could see them potentially losing are the Eagles and the Chiefs. And maybe Dallas. Mm-mm. I can Patriots at home. Oh. Eh. Maybe Ravens because they're mean, in Baltimore. Yeah. And maybe Lamar Jackson is just a beast still. But, dude, I'm telling you, this I'm might they be the year. got an inside year. guy in the NFL organization, and they – I'm t- they did this on purpose. They knew exactly how this year was going to go top to bottom. New England. Fucking deflate gate. They cheated the entire NFL. I don't think they cheated. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, just, it's just too ridiculous. I mean, they have... You look at all everything they have, and then you go look at teams like Miami. and it, it, uh, Miami doesn't even have one player that would be a starter yeah, on that to, team. I mean, I mean, going dude. back to Antonio Brown, like I said, he's set up to make $15 million on his one-year deal. That's exactly what he was going to make it in Oakland. Yeah, but he's gonna win a Super Bowl with it, and he's got incentives. So if he makes like if he hits his benchmarks throughout the season, he's gonna make more than that, and everybody's gonna fucking love him. And he's gonna do it. Too. I mean, dude, he's gonna be like Randy Moss. Like I just, there's not gonna be a week where I pick against the Patriots moving forward. I'm gonna tell you right now, every week from here on out, Patriots are gonna go sixteen and zero. Just saying it. Am I? That's not even bold at this point. It's not. All right, I'm done with the NFL. That's <laughs> I mean, enough. Yeah, let's let's hop into college football. College football. We got to. Right. I mean, are we talking about last week's games or? There's only one I really want to touch on here. Just run through a couple. Um, nothing serious. There's actually there's two games I really want to touch. Yeah. On. Um, I just want to mention the name Hertz Jalen. 
I mean, he almost, he almost did it again. He almost, I mean, he had the three touchdowns. He damn near broke the 300 passing yards again, but rushing didn't do much, but still. I mean, no, I mean, still a very productive guy there. Dude. That's without question. Jalen Hurts is winning the fucking Heisman. That's yep. that's another lock-in guarantee for me. I don't me. think you can slow him down. I nope. don't think it, it's Three years just, in a row no. with an Oklahoma quarterback. He might even go first overall in the draft. Who knows? We'll see. Um, I, I mean, it's just, he's crazy. He's crazy. Uh, Speaking of crazy, yeah. go blue, right? That's another game. See, I feel like me and you got punished this weekend, man. And honestly, I, now look, I do want to say this. The troops won the weekend. They did. The troops won the weekend. They did. The Army looked great, and I don't want to, like... I mean, you had to know going into the you know the season that they would be kind of a threat, because, well, yeah. I mean, they last took Oklahoma, year... Yeah. yeah. They took Oklahoma to the overtime. Yeah, I mean, so... But then again, you look at it, and Duke put up 34 on them last year. Yeah, the Jones. Well, yeah. Yeah. With the I, yeah, no. Um, Shea Patterson... I mean, I don't know what happened there. Three fumbles in one game against That's, an unranked yeah. team. Yeah, and I, I, I think it was before the first quarter even ended. Uh, we got our third fumble, a lost fumble of the year. Uh, that was exactly how many we got last year. Yeah, throughout the I mean, entire season. I literally, it says it only took Michigan five quarters to exceed the total fumbles that they had in 2018. An entire. What was that? 12, 13, 14 games, and we fumbled less than we already have in two. But then again, the positive side of this, uh, Michigan has the second longest active FBS streak in winning games. They're at 10, I believe, or 11, um, right behind Clemson. That's at like 18 now. But uh, I mean, overall, Michigan's offense didn't look great. I hate it. Me and you were talking about it while it was going on. They kept running on third and fourth down, and or not third and fourth down first was it? Well, it was third and fourth. I feel is like mostly, they just kept running, um, trying. To I don't run at think least. they utilized their receiving core as much as they no, should have. You had Tariq all. Black is a monster. Yeah, um, Donovan Peoples Jones has always been pretty decent. Nico Collins didn't drop a single ca- catch last year. No, and then who's the guy they got at tight end this year? Nico Collins. He's a tight yeah, end. Oh, I thought okay, yeah. 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 And yeah. then you got the I forgot his name, but number four, the wide receiver as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have a deadly receiving core, and you're running the ball more than you need to. I mean, I mean if it that was team clear didn't get that they out, couldn't but, uh, do anything. Yeah, I mean, if if Harbaugh didn't shoot that team out, I mean, if they lost that game, dude, if they lost that game, you're t- I mean, there's still a chance that they could. Yeah. This bye week coming up is exactly what they needed. Yeah, and there's gonna. I think they're gonna go through some some shit. Yeah, as a whole, and they better come back and open up the damn playbook because Wisconsin. We'll fucking see. But my my thing. I mean, should fans be worried? I mean, fuck yeah. Because while I was watching the U of M game, there's another game I was switching to, and that was Ohio State Buckeyes who fucking blew out Cincinnati. And Cincinnati isn't a school. That Cincinnati is a school that went 11 5 in the last couple of years. Or, I'm sorry, not 11 and 5. Uh, 11, they've won 11 games sometime in the last couple of years. I don't remember what year it was, but not a pushover school. Right. And you got Justin Fields going out there and looking like a fucking monster. You got Ohio State's defense scarier than shit. Like, Michigan, you're. This is the year you guys have been saying. I mean, media wise, this is the. I'm sick of the excuses because this game pissed me off more than the Lions game. The Lions game, it's fucking expected, and the Michigan game, it might as well be expected at this point because if you're gonna come out every year in the top ten, ranked in the top ten since Harbaugh came back, and you're gonna 
lose the big games and then come into these games and look like, I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen this. What was a couple of years ago? Colorado held us close. Well, and they played as if they were playing a top 10 team and then like, what the fuck? That, I don't get it. I was, that game pissed me off more than I mean, the Lions game I the number game of mistakes, have. I couldn't keep up. No. And I was watching every second of the game. I couldn't keep up. It just, they offensively, they looked rough defensively. Dude, what pissed me off is they just, the Ar- Army didn't really have that much of a, well, I know they didn't have a passing game. They I don't even think they got more they than 20 zero yards. passing yards going runs, into the halftime. I think they had two receptions through the entire game. It was all rushing, they kept and it running was it. ridiculous. Every time they ran that wheel route out on the outside or the option where the quarterback held on to it and ran, they could not stop the outside rush. And then the fullback would come in, fucking Slumsky or whatever the hell his name is, and just pound it up their teeth. Like, the game was so I mean, frustrating. If you ask me, yes, they won the game, and I understand why they were excited, you know, with Josh Uche getting the sack and recovering the ball. But... I don't think you had anything. I don't think game. you had anything to celebrate about. No. If you're a Michigan football player or a staff, I don't think there's anything to celebrate or that a fan. game. Or a fan. I mean, there's literally nothing to be happy about. No, because this is what again, you look around at your con- or your conference. Penn State's not slowing down. Nope. Maryland is surprising everybody, which we'll get into in a second. Ohio State opened up their playbook and killed them. Michigan State is also open their offense. Massively improved since last week. If you're not nervous as a U of M fan, pretty decent games. Yeah, Iowa's had a good and Wisconsin's still not a bad team either. They got their running back right now is number two in the Heisman race. Yeah. So you look around. You better clean this fucking shit up. Shit, Jonathan Taylor's number one in my book. He's the number one running back, but by oh in the Heisman race, you said. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the number one back in college football. Number one back, yeah. So ask me, Etienne follows, but. Yeah, you don't have time to fuck around like this because like you mentioned, I have the schedule right here after our bye week. We have one team that we should 100% blow out and that's Rutgers because we have Wisconsin, then Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois, Penn State, Notre Dame, Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, and Ohio State. Yeah. And if you're looking at that, I mean, out of those next six, seven, eight games, Two of those teams aren't ranked right now, as it stands right now. It's Illinois and Yep. Yep. is not going to be shit either, so I'm not too worried about that. Mm-hmm, but, but at this point, you should be worried about all of it. Yeah. I mean, if, if Army gave you that much of a hassle, you need to take every game like it's a Ohio like State. Like it's the damn series. Well, hopefully not like Ohio State because we saw how they did that last year. Well, you know what? I mean? They need to take I mean, the serious. rest of their season is just. Because clearly, even the unranked teams are just as much of a threat. I guess so. I mean, Shit. I don't know what to expect anymore. I, I, I expect their offense to massively improve and their defense to be a top ten defense sure like they're fucking so. supposed to be. If they're going to start performing like a damn top ten team, notice they won the game, but they dropped three ranks. Mm-hmm. Now and that was 10. with two top ten teams losing this week in Texas and Texas A and M. So tell me how two other teams that were in the top ten that lost, you won and still fell down three ranks. I mean, that's just. You guys look like shit. You got something to think. I'm not trying to, to like. Michigan looked like shit, but Army also looked great, and I want to. I want to really focus on that because it's hard. One, it's hard to root against the troops. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's well, and that's one thing that I forgot who the announcers were that game. But the announcers emphasized at the end of the game and said, "If you're an Army football player, coach, fan, staff, 
you should be celebrating today. Yeah, Go no, home, get drunk, have fun, yeah. because your football team just played an outstanding game against a top 10 football team. Yeah, and I think that team, I, I mean, Army came in hungry, man. That that was the theme of the game. They kept saying it. I mean, even one of the, I forgot who it was, one of their safeties came off the field and told the reporter on the sidelines, uh, they can't do anything against our offense, or the, our defense, I see it in their eyes. Like, they were they were coming out hungry. They they said they won, They didn't want to leave that game without regrets, and uh, or with regrets, and I mean, honestly, Honestly, obviously they regret losing, but they put up a hell of a game, and that's why I think the troops won the weekend. Even though Michigan, I mean, like you said, there's nothing to celebrate as a Michigan fan right now. Not, not today, not tomorrow, not ever. You should not, as a top ten team, as someone, is a as a fan base and a school that takes so much pride in who they are and their brand. You better fucking go out there and represent your brand like you fucking talk about it. But if you ask me, I would rather this happen in week two. Than in week nine. Because now we have a lot of time to make up. Obviously going into the bye week. Yes, it's an early bye week, so it's going to suck later on. But now's the time to fuck up. If you're going to, because obviously, like I just mentioned, the bye week. You got two weeks to clean this shit up. And we'll find out against another ranked team. (sighs) September 21st. So that's honestly, at this point, that's the day I'm waiting for. And I don't want to. Look at anything, Michigan, anything. I'm just waiting. You know, one thing that bothered me about that game is at one point, I forgot, it was sort of later in the game, they pulled Shea Patterson and pulled or put uh, McCaffrey in, right? And they said, it's so great. This is the announcers. They were like... they they can believe in this guy. They they know if they give him the ball that he's gonna he's gonna execute and all that. The two plays they called while he was out there were run plays right up the middle, trying to run like a power offense. You're not a power offense. You're not. I don't even know the running name, run, running back's it's name. It's Charbonnet or something. He's, he's actually a, he's a he's freshman, a, he's, true freshman. Yeah, he's a very good running back. Don't get me wrong. He's a tough and guy. Chris Evans, and Chris Evans is suspended right now. That's why Chris he's Evans. in. Yeah, but he's a good running back, and it's I'm not. not it's not nothing against him. the running back. It was him. the play calling. It was. It was just they could not keep up. And Army's offense wasn't even good. That was the thing. Like they didn't do anything in the air. They just could not stop them, and their def- like their offense. W- <laughs> The game was a mess. It was awful. It was a mess. That's all I got. I'm done. That's enough Michigan yeah, for right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, let's talk about Maryland's offense because that's something that scares me. Uh, I mean, 79 points, 63 points, and not to mention I mean, Maryland didn't play a shitty school this past week. I mean, they they weren't playing fucking Howard. They were playing a, a, a good school and uh, – I mean, Josh Jackson, their quarterback, uh, in their two games is 36 for 64, 541 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception. And they beat Syracuse, who's a ranked team. Mm-hmm. I'm, we, and you know what's funny? We could have had their damn offensive coordinator in Michigan. Yep. I mean, I think... I think uh, the Big Ten should be worried. I, I mean, I'm not. I don't think Maryland's going to go on a run and like beat and win the East. But they're definitely a team that's going to give you a hard time. Yeah, and it's you know in a couple weeks here on uh, September 27th they're playing Penn State, which is another offensive powerhouse in the Big Ten. So that's going to be a crazy game to watch. Imagine a score where you're seeing like <laughs> picture something like 79 to 68. <laughs> like, it's fucking ridiculous, <laughs> and it's possible. That's the thing it's possible with me. those teams, but um. Staying in the Big Ten, um, 
Go blue, but Michigan State definitely cleaned up their offense this week. I mean, yes, you only played Western Michigan. It's nothing to be afraid of or worried yeah, about. But, but I mean, Western Michigan's points. not a bad school in the MAC. No, I mean, if you ask me, they're they're one of the upper schools in the MAC. Um, but I think just Michigan State as a whole, they improved, um, especially offensive. Offensively, you got Daryl Stewart led the receivers um, with ten receptions, one hundred and eighty-five yards, and a touchdown. And the sophomore phenom, Cody White, also at receiver, um, followed with his own touchdown. But something I didn't expect uh, out of them was the in the backfield, Elijah Collins was only eight yards short of 200 rushing yards. Yep. Um, I On mean, 17 carries, too. Yeah. Averaging just over 11 yards a game, or, uh, attempt. Yeah. I mean, and they, <laughs> they looked a lot even better. In, even in them ugly-ass uniforms. Yeah, those uniforms, dude. I, what the fuck? I, I have friends that go to that school that were Snapchatting me videos and pictures of the uniform saying, I want to throw up. Yeah, it was it was ugly. I mean, come on. That's not... Yeah, no. it, wasn't, it wasn't a good look <laughs> on their part. But, uh, I mean, Daryl Stewart, man, he killed it. 10 receptions, 185 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, Brian Lewerke didn't have a bad game, 23 for 32. He did throw an interception, but three touchdowns, just over 300 yards. Their, their offense definitely looked better. They, I mean... It, it, D'Antonio made that clear last week that he was not happy. And I could only assume that that team was like, you know what? I don't want to do that practice again because I'm sure he had him doing whatever the hell he needed to do to make sure that team played better. Take his ass over to Ann Arbor and fix shit over there. And if they didn't score 51 points, someone would have been fired. I'm telling you, because everybody was worked out, every Michigan State fan. But it's just so frustrating because you see Michigan do that and then you look at you look at the other teams that you're going to have to play in the next few weeks. and 63 points, 51 points. Yeah. Wow, it's going to be a rough year if they don't clean it up. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely something. I mean, all this talk, you think about the Big Ten. You know, the, the argument has always been Big Ten SEC. You know, what's the better conference? And right now, Big Ten's the way to go. They got five more wins than the SEC does. You know, you look at the Big Ten, only four total losses in the entire conference and then 24 wins where the sec has only 19 wins and nine losses um you think the big 10 can contain it and keep going i feel like this is the talk every year and in my opinion i mean when it when you look at the sec you look at the top of the sec i think those teams the only team in the big 10 in my opinion right now it would have been two teams until this past week but big 10 the only team that can take on anybody in the sec in my eyes is ohio state now I think I could see Penn State maybe sneaking in there, but I don't. Penn State's not like a household name that you're going to see go and take on Alabama and actually keep it close. Right. Last time we saw another school come out of the Big Ten and take on Alabama was oh, Michigan State, and what the fuck happened there? 38-0? But either way, I mean, the drop-off from Alabama, LSU, Auburn, all those teams to Vanderbilt <laughs> or Missouri, like the drop-offs – Pretty big. Yeah, but when I mean, look and at, then you look at us, and we got Rutgers and Illinois. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's Rutgers and Illinois. Indiana Beyond that, I mean, Indiana's really not terrible. Yeah, but they're not nothing special. Yeah, but like Nebraska, the drop off. Nebraska was in the top ten until they lost, or top well, twenty five until they lost. They were. Yeah. yeah. Well, Colorado, they were in Colorado. Colorado's a good team. Either way, looking at the Big Ten, I'd say overall, talent wise, if they went head to head against every SEC team, Big Ten's coming out with a better record. Yeah. Simple as that. I think that's fair. But when it comes to the top end, it's a little bit different. It's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you, you look at around, especially at the top end of Big Ten, there's more high, better. Like, compared to the lower teams, there's more 
good teams than there are bad. Right. So like with Penn State and Michigan State and I guess Michigan right now, even though they're on my shit list in Ohio State, uh, with some other ones sneaking up, Wisconsin. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think the Big Ten's a little bit better record wise, and if they went head to head, they wouldn't have a better record. But if it came down to the national championship, SEC's got it. Unless you want to talk Clemson, because Clemson. Oh, I forgot Georgia. Georgia's in the SEC yeah, too. So. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. But speaking, you know, you think about the big teams, makes you want to think about big players. And let's talk after the week two, you know, updated Heisman list. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's obvious who number one guy is. My only, I have one name and one name only, and that's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts by a mile. Mm-hmm. But um, number two, Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin. Number three, you got Tua on Bama, Justin Fields in OSU, and uh, number five, a new name in that list is uh, Joe Burrow, LSU's quarterback. Oh, yeah? He's up there at number I five I know now. he's being talked about. You notice a name that's not in there, though. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. And, yeah, um, he's down at number nine now. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been playing good. His first two games is, have been rough. He over For this season so far, he's got more interceptions. He's got touchdowns. He's uh, 37 for 58, two touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, his rating's still pretty high up there, but, no, I mean, for a team that, I mean, all the talk in this past offseason was Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, and maybe a little bit of Tua sprinkled in there. No one was talking about Jalen Hurts. I mean, there was the talk of what's Texas's guy, Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger. Yeah. I mean, there was talk around him and Jonathan Taylor and all those guys, but Trevor Lawrence was expected to be the top the, three without the, question. I, I thought he was the favorite for a while. He was for a minute, um, but I do remember after week one, he was shot down to top three. So I just considered top three for that. But um, the thing that scares me the most is you got two Ohio State guys and two Alabama guys in the top eight. Yeah. Um, OSU, J.K. Dobbins running back right at number six. And then you got um, Jerry Judy for Alabama right at number eight. Oh, I thought you were about to say the other the other one's Justin Fields for Ohio State, right? Yeah, I already okay. mentioned him. He's number right, four. I just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah. And then again, I mean, you got at seven and nine, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Um, I don't know. Trevor Nine Lawrence is a looking game. a little rough. Yeah, again, Etienne, Texas A&M isn't a bad team. No, not at all. Um, I just think even I'm going to include myself in this. I think uh, Clemson was a little overhyped. Um, and that's that's a big question this season so far with the two. You know, we are only two weeks in. But is Trevor Lawrence an overhyped guy? I I can't agree with that. Um, and the only reason is because you look at Clemson, man. And I just... I get it. It's easy to say that, but Texas A&M's defense isn't bad. Their secondary is not bad. They they have a pass rush. They're they're not a they're in the top ten for a damn reason. You know what I mean? Or not top ten. They were what thirteen? Either way, they were ranked and they're a good team. Um, the Aggies have they're a good team. So for them to come out and only put up twenty four, yeah, they still won by two touchdowns. Um, I think Clemson is going to be a good team, and they got. They got the receivers. They got the running back. Their quarterback needs to step it up a little bit. But overall, I think they're going to hang in there. I like Dabo Sweeney, too. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's, he's definitely my favorite a dedicated coach, coach the, without a yeah. doubt. But um, And then just one more guy that's in that talk for the Heisman race is uh, Georgia's running back, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. And there isn't much talk about Georgia so far, but they're another they're a team that could be in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, Jake Fromm, for what I know, is having a pretty solid season so far. Yeah. Um, hasn't really changed much. And then obviously Swift is doing pretty well right after Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb left. Um, so, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, Georgia's a good team, and they're they're not going to be unless they're losing to somebody anytime soon, but I don't see it. Jake Fromm has had a pretty good season. Hasn't thrown a single pick yet, 25 to 34, 322 yards. That's kind of low for two games, but, I mean, two touchdowns, he's still uh, he's doing better than Trevor Lawrence is. So, um, I mean, yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, so, I mean, to finish off college football, um, I just want to go through a quick week three preview. Um, no games that really stick out a bunch to me, um, but just a few. Um, Michigan State and Arizona State. Yeah. Um, just because I'm curious to see if Michigan State offense can continue. That's Michigan State's first true test in my eyes. Yeah, um, at least for the season so far. Yeah. Um, and then Iowa, Iowa State, just the interstate rivalry. You know, Iowa State always manages to play a pretty damn good game there. Um, yes, they lost a few weapons, but I think they're still – don't count them out yet. Um, Clemson and Syracuse, just to see, um, you know, with Syracuse, yes, they lost to Maryland, but I don't think you can count them out as being a top 25 team still. Um, and then Oklahoma and UCLA, um, just I'm very, very curious to see if Jalen Hurts can just continue and just to I, I, dom- I dominate. I mean, I'm, just I'm not saying, saying he can't. I just – we will see. Yeah, uh, there. It's definitely something to look for. Uh, the other games I had, I was looking for are Clemson Syracuse. Um, it doesn't sound all that glamorous, but if you remember last year, Clemson only beat Syracuse by four points, twenty-seven to twenty-three. Syracuse puts up a good fight when they go against them, and up until this past weekend, Syracuse was a ranked team. Uh, Clemson's clearly the better team, but Syracuse—that's an inner. They're both in the ACC, correct? So, so, I mean, that's going to be a good game. Um, other than that, uh, I don't really see much. I see UCF and Stanford. That could be interesting, I guess, if you're looking for a pretty good game. I, I like UCF. I have been a fan of them since their undefeated year. But um, overall, I mean, nothing that's flashing out to me looking at it. It's going to be a good week of football. But, I mean, that's that's about it. There's not much to say there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, one more thing here, um, just to kind of finish off the broadcast today. Um, I do want to go over, if any of you guys follow us on Instagram, you will notice that we put our uh, NFL Week 1 picks, um, both mine and Alex's, on the page. And I just kind of want to go over our record so far, other than the two Monday night games that haven't happened yet. But um, I finished uh, with nine correct in Dallas, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Seattle, the Chargers, the Rams, Baltimore, San Francisco, and Green Bay. Uh, The four I got wrong were the Jets, Cleveland, Jacksonville, and Pittsburgh. And then I don't really know what to consider Detroit because we didn't win. We didn't lose. It's just just, a a tie. It's exactly what it is. And then Alex finished um, just one win, one right short of myself. He had Dallas, Philadelphia. Seattle, Kansas City, the Rams, Baltimore, Tampa Bay. Yeah, you lost Tampa Bay. And then, so you had seven correct and six wrong. And then the the, the ones you had wrong were Atlanta, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Chicago, and Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, so don't um, make, don't take my picks. I mean, you said to, so yeah. I trusted your word. Yeah, you know. Just I kidding. mean, you went with my yeah, yeah, you went with your own damn picks. Um, so yeah, we're nine and four, and seven and six as and and one. Yeah. Um, and then obviously tomorrow, 
we'll update you guys next week with our picks. Yeah, and you'll stuff. see it on our Instagram and stuff. Um, while we're on the topic of Instagram and Twitter and all that, uh, feel free to you know reach out, talk to us. Uh, I think I wanna. I, I mean, we've briefly talked about it, but I want to implement. I mean, while we're still small, I know that a lot of the people that are listening to us know us personally, but I do want to kind of branch out and like get you guys involved. Maybe mention some of your own picks or something you might have to say or opinion you might have what's right i mean while we still have the opportunity to see every single comment that comes in and every single like follow subscribe all that i mean we appreciate all the support we've gotten so far we've seen pretty positive feedback for most people um, we're working a lot harder on what we're trying to get done we have segments in mind we had a lot of segments planned for this show but between the Lions game and the Michigan game and everything that happened with football and stuff, we wanted to spend a lot of the time on college or on football in general and not really worry about the gimmicky stuff that we, not necessarily gimmicky stuff, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say is reach out and keep supporting us. We appreciate all of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, like he mentioned, we have open ears, you know, we're willing to accept any suggestions, comments, predictions of your own, um, stuff like that. But just want to throw our uh, social media tags out there real quick for Twitter. Our, it, it is at BoxScorePod. And for Instagram, it is BoxScoreSportsPodcast. I pod, believe. BoxScoreSportsPod. Yep. Um, so, yeah, feel free to comment, DM, you know, get your friends and family to follow. Trying to get our, you know, just our numbers out there. Try to broadcast, get a little further and just spread as much as possible. But... That just about wraps up. I got one more thing. Oh, okay. Uh, last week I said we were going to go on the iTunes and all that. We are now on Apple. We're also on every streaming platform you can think of. Spotify. We were already on that. Anchor. Google. Everything. We have. I think we're on eight or nine different platforms now. So that's sweet. You have no excuse not to listen to us somewhere. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's all I got. You want to wrap it up? Yeah. So like you mentioned, just spread as much as you can. Trying to get the publicity. That just about wraps up wraps up episode three for box score sports. Yeah. Trying to make it happen You a freak, so let's get into that action New whip, fucking new bitch Stacking my chips, baby, look at your lips Oh, you like fashion, baby, girl, you got that passion Baby, girl, you strapping, you got all that ass you packing I'm like, damn, fuck you then You can move on, girl, suck my shit I got a girl and I make sure I get Moving that way, then we moving it quick Niggas be capped, they do not do shit I'm in the party, you know that we lit So I'm like, damn, little bitch, soon as you slide, we can go And when I pull up to that function, then you know we on go Tell her bend it over like that And I'ma pass it to my